Welcome to Rocking Our Prize. I'm your host, Dr. Alice Evans. Now, here's a question. Did gulags make Russians anti-gay? Prisons may have far-reaching effects on culture, especially where incarceration is widespread. Now, Russia has high rates of both imprisonment and homophobia. 66% of Russians would not want gay neighbours. That's actually increased from 58% in 1999. Almost everywhere else in Europe, homophobia has fallen. What explains Russia's exceptionism? A fascinating new paper by Maxim Ananyev and Michael Poika suggests that Russia's prisons may have fomented homophobia. I should say, as a trigger warning, this piece discusses uh, torture, violence and rape. So pre-20th century Russians were actually quite tolerant. Sodomy was rarely punished. Cases were usually dropped without a trial or even acquitted. Historian Irina Rodelgina finds little evidence of homophobia in the late Imperial Russian Navy. This was not even a subject of moral debate. Though Stalin criminalised homosexuality in 1935, convictions actually remained rare. They only surged after gulags had taken hold from the sort of 1960s. Now, under Soviet totalitarianism, 60 million Russian men went went through the prison system. Since official staffing was low, informal governance emerged. The Vori criminal organization established control over other inmates who were labeled muziki. I think that's how you pronounce it. Muziki, or the commoners. Now, again, my pronunciation is, I've got nothing going here. Patuhi, roosters. The roosters were the lowest class people, uh, having been raped and beaten by another inmate, often with the knowledge of the camp's administration. They were, and I quote, the lowest of the low, dehumanized and scorned. So rape was used to impose hierarchy through humiliation. Other prisoners then distanced themselves from the Petuhi in order to prevent social contamination. No man wanted to associate with the underclass, the bottoms. This is much like India's caste system of untouchability, where non-elites shun Dalits in a bid to prevent pollution and maintain respectability. Now, to investigate the long-run effects on cultural attitudes, Maxim Ananyev and Michael Poika examined the legacy of a massive amnesty. In 1953, after the death of Stalin, 1.2 million gulag prisoners were released. Those gulags seemed to increase homophobia. In places with many ex-convicts, they coronated what they call thieves-in-law, Avori v. Zaconi, who were charged with upholding the criminal code. Amazingly, Ananyev and Poika know all the year and exact locations. Now, they find that in places more exposed to the 1953 amnesty, coronations increased. Prison culture was thus institutionalised across Russia. Today, 
affected areas are much more homophobic in terms of individual attitudes, homophobic slurs on social media and hate crimes. So neither underdevelopment, religiosity, sex ratios nor low trust drives these results. Prison per se seem to increase homophobia. And if you want to see this Regressions, they're all on my substack. Now, inmates' relatives are especially homophobic, even after applying socioeconomic and demographic controls. Russian men like Evgeny Cherbatkov have also attributed their own homophobia to the attitudes of their incarcerated parents. Communities affected by the 1953 amnesty are also more inclined to celebrate prison culture with more searches for the music of Russian chanson that is associated with prison culture. And you may be thinking, but maybe this is just the religious revival of Russian orthodoxy, a clash of civilizations. Well, to examine the causal effect of incarceration, Ananyev and Poika exploit long run uh, longitudinal data from Australia. After imprisonment, men express far greater homophobia. No such effect is observed among women. Well, I think that is such a fascinating and important paper by Ananyev and Poika. You know, they offer compelling evidence that historic incarceration increased homophobia. But it does not end there. Rape persists in Russia's prisons. In 2012, Sergei Savalayev, an ex-prisoner, leaked 40 gigabytes of prison videos and photos to human rights group uh, Gulagu.net. And this footage depicts widespread torture. Many former prisoners have also alleged systemic rape, ridicule and beatings. Violence is used to blackmail, intimidate and also force confessions. Alexei Makarov detailed that he was first tortured in 2020 after he refused to confess to a plot against the prison administration. Three fellow inmates subjected him to sexual abuse. And I quote, for 10 minutes, they beat me, ripped my clothes. And for, let's say, the next two hours, they raped me every other minute with mop handles. When I fainted, they would splash me with cold water and throw me back onto the table. Two months later, Makarov said he was raped again. Central Asian migrants like Uzbek Takirajan Bakiev have also alleged anal rape. Um, But others are afraid, afraid to complain because they want to keep working in Russia. A mutiny recently broke out in Angask's uh, penal, penal colony. Prisoners were pleading for help, slitting their wrists on video. The subjugated rebels were then beaten by guards who shouted on video, um, and you can see the links on my substack, get out of here, you faggot slut, you heard us. Despite widespread uh, allegations, prison officials are seldom ha- held accountable. So this Soviet, these sexual assaults thus persist with impunity. Now, if sexual humiliation in Soviet gulags made Russians anti-gay, contemporary prisons may be having the same effect today. Now, Putin has institutionalized this homophobia. Putin actually only embraced grassroots homophobia in the 2010s. Historian Dan Healy argues that Putin ignited homophobia to revitalize his popularity before the 2012 election. 
By championing social conservatism, Putin claimed the moral high ground against a supposedly degenerate West. In The Light That Failed, a very nice book by Christopher Holmes, they likewise argue that Putin has tried to consolidate conservative support and maintain geopolitical supremacy by positioning Russia as defender of traditional values. On television last year, Putin drummed up support for the invasion of Ukraine by denouncing Western values. Let me quote. They sought to destroy our traditional values and force on us their false values that would erode us, our people from within. The attitudes that they have been aggressively imposing on their countries, attitudes that are directly leading to degradation and degeneration because they are contrary to human nature. In December 2022, the Duma, that's the government, uh, parliament uh, extended the gay propaganda law, forbidding all public portrayals of, what I quote, uh, non-traditional sexual relations. So hate crimes against LGBT people continue with institutionalized impunity. There is what Human Rights Watch called a license to harm. Child suicides are especially high in Russia, and that could be related. So in short, mass incarceration and institutionalized sexual violence as a mechanism of social control seem to have, ag- seem to have aggravated homophobia. The lowest of the low were shamed and sexually degraded. Others distanced themselves to prevent social contagion. Capitalizing on that pre-existing hatred, Putin has entrenched impunity for homophobia. Thank you very much for listening. This is Rocking Our Prize. Take care.